Trigger warning for today's episode. Today's episode contains content involving miscarriage and suicide. If this is going to trigger you or upset you in any way, shape or form, please stop the episode right now and go and listen to a previous episode. She's terrible. NHS doctor, beautiful young woman, got, got everything going for her, but she had alopecia. And so there was a lot of stuff going on under mm-hmm. there. And I'm just like, I can't take this. It's too much. Like, I don't know what to do. And then I remember just sitting there for, for weeks. Like, I just wanted to die. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be around anymore. Welcome to the Prime Life Project podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to an episode of the Primal Project Podcast, a place to help you both mentally and physically become the best version of you. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I've got a very, very, very good guest today. Um, it's a gentleman I've heard about through a friend. Um, she basically said to me, this was during lockdown, I think, said, have you heard of this company called Enlighten the Shadow? And I was a bit like, uh, no. Uh, and she went, you need to check him out. He's kind of based near us. I was like, okay, cool. So I checked him out. I've uh, been following him ever since. And it's been one of those weird things. I literally have been in the shadows following you really weirdly in a non-creepy way for just over a year. And then one day I thought, I see this guest on podcast. So I reached out and then here we are. So my guest today is Mr. Rory Green. How are we? Hey, up, mate. Yeah, you did slide in my DMs, didn't you? They did just slid in there. Absolutely no shame. Love I was that. just like, straight in. But look, the weird look. thing is I had literally been stalking you for a while. I was a bit like, That's just right. seeing your content. I was a bit like, why have I not reached out to this guy? So I was just like, let's have a conversation and yeah, then yeah. back and forth and it's really easy to organize and now you're here and this guy for those of you that aren't watching on spotify or youtube uh, i recommend you just quickly flush over there because this guy's got the audacity to rock up to this podcast in a Leeds united shirt so i've had to go upstairs and put my aston villa t-shirt uh, and again if we have a conversation off air and the game last season i went to go see at villa park Leeds against aston villa and rory was actually there in the Leeds fans so Big time yeah well thank you for having me and um, the vibes lo- lovely in here um i'm already staring at some of these class books that you've got uh, seven habits um, by Steam Cover, you've got Atomic Habits. So loving this setup, I'm loving what you're about, and I feel very welcome. You all seem dead sound, and I'm I'm really honoured. I'm excited um, to to put light on some things that that do need to be put light on, and why I'm why I'm here, why I exist, and what my purpose is. So thank you. It's, oh, it's exciting, it. but I, I, I was a bit worried about ten minutes ago because we're getting a bit hostile in here with the whole Leeds Villa thing. I thought, oh, oh hold on a minute, I, I actually know some Villa songs as well. Yeah, yeah. We're the Villa boys making all the noise. So on a level, I used to um, look after kids in care. Yeah, and one of them was, was a, a villain, and so I took him to a game. Um, quite a good one it was Bristol City at home in the championship I think they won mm. about 5 nil. Mm. Oh, yeah, wow. it was class and you know what I was in the Doug Ellis end yeah. and oh, it made me mate, yeah, made yeah. me secretly go oh I kind of like Villa in a yeah. really private way but it's my favourite away ground we were just saying that when uh, when we actually saw that I, all the games I've been to the Leeds fans were nuts and it was yeah. you guys literally I was looking over I was thinking these guys are absolutely nutters. And the atmosphere was incredible. It literally was like you guys were having a party. Like, literally, like, you've gone there, just have a party that happened to be at a football ground. Yeah. And like Big I said, time. I've got nothing against these. So, like I said, as a football fan, you've always got a bit of banter. But uh, I've got nothing against, like, Leeds at all. But like I said, the support is just incredible. And I love yeah. that for me. It's like, when you've got passionate fans, like, you just kind of want the teams to do well. So, when you've got your teams like City and stuff, where it's like, you haven't really got a fan base. That's for me what it's a bit like. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all or nothing with Leeds fans. It, it always is. And <laughs> no, I love that. So. Yeah. 
let's just go back to because obviously like with this when it comes to mental health and like mental mental health and i know that my uh, a lot of my listeners are women but like we sort of said off air so uh, although the listeners are women like they potentially will have brothers uh they'll have work colleagues that are males uh, fathers grandparents whatever it is so although we're talking about men's mental health today and basically how it's impacted both of us but mainly your story and what you're doing now with the amazing work that you are doing uh it's relevant because it helps you see the other side because obviously as a woman you're going to understand potentially a bit better women's mental health but men don't talk so i think this is a real interesting topic that we're going to talk about today so can you just yeah. take my audience back to what got you on this journey to start with yeah um before i do go into that in depth i want to make really clear that there's a bit of a stigma towards women actually mm. um a lot of people look at me oh you do men's mental health you do men's mental health what about women i'm like absolutely mm. what about women because actually women attempt suicide just as much as men mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know that because three quarters sadly of suicidal deaths are men but m- women attempt just as much mm-hmm. um so yeah i want to make that clear i'm all about women's mental health but I'm a man, so I can't. I can't fully relate. I think the principles so, apply, yeah, don't yeah. they? And that's the thing they for me. Can like, do, yeah. if, so when we're on, the, um, so when we're on the radio, the the, the, the circle of men uh, on Beach Radio Nottingham every Thursday evening. Check it out 8 p.m. Um, when we're doing that, it's yes, it's men talking men's mental health, but it's mental health. Mental health is mental health, whether you're male or female. It 100%. is mental health. It's just a case of how you sort of can deal with it. For example, like men will typically be down the pub. Women particularly won't necessarily be down there obviously they can do but it's just understanding the different circles so when we're yeah, talking yeah, we're just time. sharing our experience so we're not trying to be like well yeah i know what it's like to be a woman going through this because yeah. we don't but take the principles what we're talking about uh, and that, that's basically with this whole podcast i'll try and do it's like yeah, just, just take the long. principles so yeah talk about yeah, your story yeah question i was just um i was quite an insular lad growing up and i, I was very self-aware of how i felt but in terms of communicating it understanding it or giving the space to to be nurtured in that no no idea um and i'm quite a deep philosophical guy like i'm very observant the world around me and and i went through like being a little boy and into my teenage years um always searching always seeking um about life the world around me my belief systems and and i remember a a profound moment when i was about 17 all of my pain and my traumas like you know my nan dying of cancer my dad leaving at eight years old that was a massive um adverse childhood experience so they're called aces and these things are very prevalent it's especially in men because um in the prison population 95 percent of them are men and all of them have four or more aces so it's very very important stuff but as boys grow up they have these adverse childhood experiences and i had quite a few and i got to the age of 17 mate and literally i felt dread and paralyzed and i couldn't explain it with words as i'm doing now because i've i'm skilling myself as i go day by day but and I, I just needed to talk to someone but i couldn't talk to my family i couldn't talk to my friends and not to like blow smoke out my backside i, I was quite popular in school because i'd play football at night in forest and I, I ran for lincolnshire so that just naturally had a lot of like relationships mm-hmm. and but i just i just couldn't i couldn't open up and i said to my mum, i need to talk to someone and i remember going for counseling and I just went once and it, that one session helped me because she was a total stranger. Mm. So I would say that would be my, my first ever time of kind of like self-awareness and going down what I call Pandora's box, which we'll get to in a bit, mm-hmm. hopefully, um, where you open the box and it all starts to come out, which is, is a barrier for men. So that, that would be the first time. 
And then I kind of got through a stage where I went to Union Americas, we said yeah, earlier, yeah, yeah. I might play f- football against one of your mates. Well, two um, of my, two of my mates, South potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. A lot of my mates went to South yeah. Carolina, so it's a bit bizarre. Like, I can't believe that. And again, because we're basically the same age, same school year. So when you were there, I yeah. think I'm thinking I'm actually the school year above you because I was uh, I went to college an extra year before I should have gone to university. Um, so yeah, we were there at the same time. Obviously, I was in Iowa, but you were South Carolina. So yeah, definitely played against some of my friends, 100%. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Small world. And I, I literally was pacing through life for four years out there. Um, I went on a bit of a spiritual journey. I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit. But um, yeah, just really yearning to understand myself, really wanting to do that. And I think a lot of guys might have that, but there's a bit of fear down there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, getting to right in the nuts and crevices of it, like the last two years, mate, has been an absolute whirlwind. Like I was trying- I was looking at you, mate. Look at your story. I'm so impressed with your story. And, like, Are you really? Because I'm, I'm hard on myself. Mate, Som- I, I sometimes I go, I, I need like, to do more, I need to do mate, more, I, I need to I, I do more, at, yeah. I looked at like, how you started it and, and I was like, so this guy's done this during the lockdowns. And I was like, I'm impressed. Like, was my research issues. That's genuine. Like, I, I don't know you on that level to be like, I've got to like blow smoke at grass. But it's like, yeah, yeah. for what you've done and how you've created it, and the fact that someone came to me and said, have you heard of this guy? Yeah, I was like, so humbling. Yeah, th- yeah. Th- that's what it was. It wasn't a case of like, I just randomly came across you. It was like, someone said to me, this guy's doing stuff to do with men's mental health in Nottingham. He's just down the road from us. I was like, yeah. wow, okay. Like, so I went to go check you out. Yeah, it's honestly, I, I look back, I was driving the car, as I say, and just very blown away. Like, oh, it's only two years. Stop, you know, I need to stop being hard on myself because I never get comfortable, right? Mm. You, you're probably the same. You, you're entrepreneurial you're a creator, you're a leader, and sometimes that can be quite a lonely place. And you, you celebrate your little victories, but you don't want to get stuck and go, oh yeah, sit back too long. Like I'm always like, right, what do we need to do next? How can we grow? Who do we need to reach into? And all these things. But literally, like the darkest time of my life, mate, two years ago, darkest time of my life, um, to give a bit of context, um, my wife and I are happily married. Um, it will be gosh we've been married for five years it'll be six years in december um we're best friends um seriously attracted to one another in many ways and we've been trying for kids for four years now and so at the time um it was like three ish just coming up to three years i still hadn't caught pregnant actually looking to adopt but she wasn't quite ready bless her and so i you know we're a team so submitted to that so right Mm -hmm. we're not ready sweetheart we're gonna keep believing naturally and um you know we, we got to the Christmas time of 2019 and we went to America and it's such, it's kind of, it's a beautiful moment for me. Like it's quite deep. So get your snorkel ready. Cause we're going, <laughs> we're going deep today. We're going deep. And so Philadelphia is the birthplace of America, right? This is where the constitution was agreed. My best mate from uni, as I alluded to, was in America. We went to see him and his wife and his kids. So December 19, and we literally caught pregnant from that trip. Wow. Um, we won't go into detail, like, but it was from that particular <laughs> trip that we worked out. Um, so Sharice is pregnant and we're just over the moon, mate. And it's like, oh, wow, this is all that God promises. Can't wait. This is going to be sick. I'm going to be a dad. Like, this has been my deepest desire for many years, especially as I alluded to earlier with my dad leaving. Mm-hmm. That was a big scar in my life where I was like, you know, I, I thankfully got a good relationship with him now. I'm like, honor him, not, you know, discredit him now, but. You know, he really hurt me in many ways. I've got a lot of emotional abuse, false promises, a lot of brass behind him. So I really was like, I, you know, I love him, but I don't want to be that guy. I want to be a good father, not mm. a perfect one, but a good one. And so I'm just like gassed like for two months. And then literally the worst thing happened. Um, 
and just just give a disclaimer here because I'm going to go like raw here. This is what I'm about. Mm. If men are really going to be able to feel safe and comfortable talking, we just go, we're going in. Mm. So we're going in. I, so I, think, I think you have to be, do this. Yeah. I think that the, yeah. when it comes to anything like this, and obviously I put disclaimer before the episode starts with stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's, we kind of pussyfoot around topics. And no. for me, it's like, you need to really go into it to feel that emotion. Because again, emotion drives everything. So it's like, yeah. you've got to, if we're trying to connect with men, we have to connect them on an emotional level. So we can't just sort of pussyfoot around the subject. So by yeah, all, all means, all go, yeah, mate, go for it. Yeah, so I will, I will um, continue my disclaimer because um, that's another thing that Sharice and I found out. One in four women miscarry. They don't talk about it. And then the men even more so don't talk about it. And um, I'm going to talk about my fertility journey as well because it's been horrific for me as a man. But, um, you know, miscarriages are horrible. And when she start, if you've had a miscarriage and this might be traumatic for you, I'm just saying maybe pause it, come back when you're ready or whatever. But she started like clotting and the like the dread of that was just, so, it caused a lot of anxiety. And I'm, you know, as, as the man, I'm like trying to reassure her, you know, you know, we're Christians. So we're like, we're praying to God to like, just protect it and all this lot. And I remember it was up my, my auntie's house and like she was clotting really bad and it was just getting worse and worse. And I had a, a job um, bleep test interview thing and it was that night and it just got worse. We continued to pray more and I believe and just got, it was terrible, mate. And she was screaming in pain. We just rushed her to hospital. And you know how it is at A&E, right? Mm. You're thinking three hours, mate, she got rushed straight in. And like what I'm about to say is quite graphic, but she's screaming in pain mate and it's the worst thing i've seen in my life like seeing the woman that you love like in so much pain you can't do anything mm -hmm. right you feel helpless as a bloke so i'm there holding her hand and i i don't know about anyone in this room or yourself i get dead queasy with like like big pregnant bellies and stuff mm -hmm. i don't know why i just do like it makes me a bit like dizzy mm -hmm. and i'm like oh shoot and it was one of my things, like, whenever my wife gives birth, I'm going to be like, am I going to be the guy who just drops? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, boom. And then they turn to the attention and get the bloke up. I thought I was going to be yeah. that guy. But, mate, something came over me that night. Like, seeing my wife in that pain, I just stepped up to the yeah. plate. I'm not talking about being, being manning up and tough. And I, just, I just stepped up out of love. And I held her hand and I refused to leave the room. And literally, like, the clotting and the stuff that was coming out was blocking, her, the, you know, the area that was coming out. And I'm telling you, mate, it is the, it is the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Like seeing like your child and like all the tissue, the tissue was the worst thing because it was blocking her. Mm. And, she and they didn't even give her gas. Mate, it was terrible. I was holding her hand, she was screaming. It was the wor worst thing in my life. And like, so what that does, right, is causes PTSD mm. potentially, yeah, yeah. post-traumatic stress disorder. And so there's a, there's a big trauma right there. So I'm, you know, all these traumas just adding, 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 no offload, all carrying all this baggage. Because of that as well, yeah, I, I feel, did you get offered heavy. any support from that? Because I think, obviously, obviously, everyone knows what the woman's going through. Everyone knows that. And again, right, so, because again, it's actually happening to them. Yeah. But I don't think people, again, in that situation, like what you're actually going through and what you're actually seeing as well, like you're getting more of a clear view. Obviously, it's happening to the woman, but you're getting a, a clear view of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Did you get yeah. any sort of support or anything like that? Because obviously, the, the main focus should be on the woman. I, I 100% yeah, get that. But then I also feel at a certain point, someone needs to be like, mate, are you okay? Do you need to talk? Like, it, it, 
uh, everything good with you because yeah. it's both of you have lost. Obviously, one person's going through a lot more physical pain and trauma as well, but you've yeah. also gone through some stuff as well. So, did anyone ever speak to you? I'm not talking about like your close circle of people, but like from the NHS or anything like that? Was there any support there for you at all? I always give credit where credit's due, right? Um, there's parts of the NHS and people in the NHS who are absolutely brilliant. Like, and I'll, I'll tell you a bit more on the fertility journey about that. But that night, they were brilliant. The nurses were, were, were incredible. Mm. And they really supported us. They, they, they did ask me how I were, but moving like after that point, nothing. Mm. For me as a man, nothing. Yep. Not just absolutely nothing. Like it, it, it's, I'm almost going to write a book about my, my journey, not to slag off the NHS, but to highlight things. And I'm trying to work with politicians and clinical leads to, to get change because it, it's like you completely like, pushed aside it's like hold on a minute it's like takes two to tango um so not really no is, is my answer um and literally that th we stayed overnight we got home the next morning and i struggled all my life to open up and tell people things first time in my life i tell him my, my brother my sister this is my blood brother and sister because my, my stepsister we're going to talk about in a sec mm. and you know devastating so hard to tell them like i've lost the baby and we've been waiting this long and um, I went through such a great patch, mate, for two days where j I just pushed my own feelings, my own mechanism aside. Just again, it's about Sharice, it's about my wife, about I need to look after her. And then this is where, this is the, the beautiful, sweet moment happened where Enlightened was birthed. Like, I did w w like one of the worst phone calls. I've had one off my mum who had cancer in America when I was at, you know, mm -hmm. uni. This one was, this was pretty brutal so i hadn't told um my stepsister or my stepmom but i had let known to my dad that we've lost the baby and my dad calls me and he's crying and we're like flipping it well we're talking about men's mental health mm. stigma all this but when you when you hear your dad who's from that generation mm. you know we're talking born in 1949 so yeah. you know stiff yeah. upper lip yeah no wrong with that like i think we've got to find a sweet spot with men's mental health where we're finding that strength and that resilience, but we've also got that vulnerability. And so it's somewhere in the middle, but my, my dad was like way, way over yeah, like, yeah. that field. There's nothing wrong with it, but it, yeah. My, my dad is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full yeah. on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and yeah. Anyone of our sort of age knows exactly what that is. Cause again, it's not 100%. necessarily the, the parents, it's their, their, their grandparents, like our grandparents are their, their yeah, parents. Yeah, it's a legacy, like, isn't it? It's, it's like a cycle. What, what yeah. they've gone through, like the wars and all that sort of stuff. So again, it's, it, it's been passed down. So like I said, there's no sort of emotion shown. It's like, that's it. And it's again, so I can, I'm picturing it now, like they actually have, hearing them crying straight away like whoa it grabs your attention yeah. and you're like what the frick's going on like what, what's happening mm. here and then i said i said dad what's going on he's like it's Liz." so my stepsister's called alicia and she's an nhs doctor um up in bolton so i'm thinking well yeah but what's wrong with this and he's like i found her like she's gone she's dead and i was like what he's like yeah the police are here now they've called it off and i'm like Whoa, what's going on? I was like, Dad, what do I come up now? What's what's going on? So I assured him a little bit and I said, Right, the police are there, they'll probably want to talk to you. Um, I I'll, I'll call you later on this and I'm like, Bloody hell, like my stepsister just killed herself. Um sadly and so again it's quite traumatic for those who've been impacted by suicide. So a little disclaimer, mm. so I'm talk about it a little bit. And yeah, um she'd gone solo for about an, a day um my mo my stepmom and my dad would text her call her not get anything back and she lived in the center of manchester in her own flat and then literally my dad had a key and went over and went 
to go see if she's all right and couldn't find her, went to the bedroom and she'd hung herself uh, um, in a wardrobe. She's terrible, NHS doctor, beautiful young woman, got, got everything going for her, but she had alopecia. And so there was a lot of stuff going on under mm-hmm. there. And I'm just like, I can't take this. It's too much. Like, I don't know what to do. And then I remember just sitting there for, for weeks. Like, I just wanted to die. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be around anymore. And so, yeah, it's, it's two years on and I'm doing really well with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes it catches you and you're like, frick. <laughs> the pain's still real, right? And um, yeah, you're drawing tears, like just going back to that that darkness and that place where um, there's a 16th century priest who called it the dark night, the soul, mm. where you're facing a reality where everything you've known hits the ground. Everything you believed in hits the ground and you're faced with the biggest predicament of all. You're like, where's the meaning in any of this? Mm. And yeah, man, so that was where as I said for weeks, I was like literally just, despite, as I've alluded to, I'm not here to preach, but I'm, I'm born again Christian, mm-hmm. I love Jesus, but I, even in there, I was like, God, I, I can't, I, d- I don't know where to see you in any of this, this is mm-hmm. so painful, mm-hmm. right? There's a guy called Job who had similar stuff, deep stuff, mate, and you're like, I don't know what to do, and yeah, it just went on for weeks of that um, anxiety, not knowing when I'd ever get a child again. Um, how on earth is my wife going to recover from this? Because the w- the nurse said it was the worst miscarriage they've ever seen as well, which is like... See, with stuff like this, yeah. I, I understand why they say that, but that also doesn't help. It's yeah, like, I guess it's, so. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I yeah. understand why they say yeah, it, man, yeah. but then you look back, it's like, well, if it's the worst, then it's like, wow, then it's going to be, it makes it almost like an even bigger uphill battle to sort of go through, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, by the way, like that was, you, you, you got me there, like, because I know what it's like, yeah. and anyone listening to this, like, going back to that dark place and the thing is now i've gone back there so many times it loses its emotion the more you talk about it so the more yeah. you talk about it it gets easier and easier but it's not nice to look back i look back at some old photos i did this the other day of when i was in not in a good place and i just look back and it makes me my heart go a bit and you, you, yeah, you start to feel it because it's like yeah. again as a male feeling so helpless yeah. and powerless and then you've got someone there as well that you're meant to be looking after and protecting and it's like i, I can't imagine what that must have been like for you so how did you, okay, we're going to, we're going to talk about the religious stuff, by the way, because I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but I love, I love reading the Bible. And I think the Bible's awesome when you actually, people actually take time to read it properly. Um, but I want to run a second, but how did you get through that? Because yeah. this is like you're saying there, it's like, you almost feel like the world is closing in around you. You can't see the light in the darkness. And again, mm-hmm. most people only see one way out. Yeah. How did you get yourself out of that situation. Yeah, and it, it's tough, right? Because they've proven that people who have been directly bereaved by suicide are three times more likely to then take their own life. And I just, you'd think it'd be the last thing that you'd want to do, right? I've just lost, you know, a loved one to suicide. And, and, and you know, so when you, when you suck yourself out of the thing and look inwards from out, you're like, oh, it's a selfish thing to do. Why on earth would they do that? Blah, blah, blah. But when when you've been hit like that, you don't know which way to turn. So I had to answer your question, I had, I had to take a day at a time, mate, mm. literally a day at a time, and just rationalise as best I could. You know, I used loads of things. I was going for walks, um, confiding in Sharice, not tell, not telling her I wanted to die. I couldn't tell her I wanted. Mm. I, I just had to give a little bit. Like, no, I'm just just struggling. Um, and 
thankfully the lockdown had made me frustrated where I was like, I don't want to rely on the government to tell me what to do or where to go. So therefore, I want to build something. And it was like I found meaning in my suffering. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. 100%. 100%. For me, I, I say the depression is the best thing that ever happened to me. It's made me wow. create what I've created now. And without the depression, I wouldn't have had the podcast. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you. So as bizarre as it is, when you come out of it and you look back, depression is the best thing that ever happened to me because yeah. it made me who I am now. And I know myself. I've got myself to a place where I can help other people and guide them through this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's bizarre when you, when I say that to people that haven't experienced it, but like you just said then, it's like it brings out the best in people. There's a couple of things that, again, to answer this question, most wonderful questions like how on earth could you turn that around how how can you get from there to there um one of my one of my, i've got a couple of fellas that i want to mention that they're not any around anymore but they're, they're, they're like heroes to me i look up to them one's um victor frankel he survived auschwitz yeah. and he became a psychologist so he said this i'm gonna say it a couple of times because it's a bit like oh, i can't quite see it so he said in between stimuli in response sorry in, in in between yeah in between stimuli and response there's a space so in between stimuli which is the nazis spitting at him kicking him imprisoning him treating him like dirt and his fellow jews that's the stimuli the response is i hate them i don't like them you know or submit but in between they said there is a response there's a time and a gap where you can work that out and you can start to understand it on a deeper way. Because what we all do, right, is we have something bad happen to we instantly respond or react. So it's just slowing it down and really trying to unpack it. And that's what happened. How I turned this around was, there's a guy called Adoniram Judson. He was a he was a missionary to Burma, the first ever guy to properly do that. Like, we're talking, the difference between their culture and, and the West was just astronomical. To go over there to tribal people who would who had killed people previously who tried to go there and he was the first one to successfully get there. He lost multiple wives and children from um, diseases and fevers, and in his darkest hour, he, he said this most beautiful words. I'm going to read to to your viewers, and this is this is exactly what you brother had had found and what I found, and I want your listeners to find in the, in their darkest hour. He said. While therefore your tears flow, let a due proportion be tears of joy. Yet take the bitter cup with both hands and sit down to your repast. Here we go, this is it. You will soon learn a secret that there is sweetness at the bottom of the bitter cup. There's sweet, never heard that. There is sweetness at the bottom of the bitter cup. So in your darkest hours, you can find something within yourself, something beautiful, something sweet, where you think, there's no escaping this. I want to I wanna die. And this is real. I'm, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I can't see through this. And then you just, you, you find it. Mm. It's like a light bulb moment. I have them on our TikTok. <laughs> light bulb moment. And I literally have a revelation and share it. And that's what I had. I was like, wow. I know what it is t- to lose someone to suicide. I know what it is to feel like I want to die and take my own life. Therefore, I- I've got a mission. I've got a purpose now and mm. I've got to get on with it. Mm. And then so we were talking, we we're like, right, let's just do like, I don't know, a YouTube podcast because we can't go anywhere. I can't meet anyone. Yeah. And then literally, brother, I, I set up my, um, 
well, at the time it was how many years old? Seven year old um, <laughs> MacBook Pro. Yeah. And I was, I was like, anyone who isn't seeing this, this studio is mint. It's proper, like, it's class. Whereas my, mine, humble beginnings, I had a wine rack and some books and this lampshade facing down. And literally, I started my first ever episode in Light in the Shadows. And it was with my best mate who overcome an aggressive blood cancer, Simon Taylor. So if you want to check it out after this, obviously, um, mate, inspiring stuff. Mm. And that's how I started it. I was like, just just providing an environment where men can listen in and find something. Mm. Again, his suffering has changed his life. Simon, brother, he's doing HMO, rent to rent stuff. The guy's driving in a mad Range Rover sports, like V8 supercharged, you know, mm. and now got the truck and he's smashing it. And people look at him like a bit jealous and all that, but I see right through it. That guy changed his life because in that bit of moment that he had the cup, a bitter cup and he found the sweetness goes i'm gonna change my life my fears my greatest fears was i, I can't step out and break from the nine to five bubble which mm. that safety blanket which i think a lot of people want to break mm-hmm. free from yep. and he's like i should be dead therefore i'm doing it mm. anything you know else on saying? top of that it's just like well, i'm winning now like i know it's like to nothing, be there like, yeah, you, you, you stare death in the face you go and what <laughs> and i think <laughs> so that's the biggest thing when, 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 so you, when, when you go through that and you, you found yourself on that level like yourself yeah. your mate has it's it's once you get to the other side I, again um i think the original quote talks about god but i use it as like the universe like the universe doesn't give you anything that you can't handle it's mm. right then and there all that stuff that you had the fact of you were just grieving the loss of your child and bam straight away the loss of your stepsister like that is intense if take both of those situations and put them years apart still intense but to have that so close together like he was like right you're gonna overcome this and then when you do i've got a job for you and that's what it's saying with me. Like, once you come through the other side, it's like, ah, I get it now. It's wonderful. I, I, understand, I understand the universe. What you, I, I get it. I get, like, and it's, people don't understand. Like, like, people say, oh, I don't know what my passion is. I fully believe that it comes to you. It's not something you've got to go and find. It will find you. I think so I, too, I, yeah. I, I, For me, I never, I used to hate the sound of my voice, believe it or not. Yeah, but me too. And you hear it. Yeah, you like, hear it. You're like, oh. cringe, you're like, But for me, oh, it's like, I've got yeah. information now. Because my, my, my whole thing when I came to the other side is I basically had to, I was like, I have got to find out what the hell has just happened here because I don't like being out of control. So I don't drink alcohol. I got really badly beaten up. I was out of control. So I was like, don't be out of control of my body. Yeah, so I was like, I've been out of control of my mind. So I went on this massive mission. Then I basically got to the stage where I'm like, my life's pretty good right now. I need to tell people how they can do this because the information is out there. It's free. People just don't know where to look. Yeah, and that's my thing that really frustrates me is the information is out there, but no one, you've got to pay stupid amounts of money for it or mm-hmm. people kind of keep it to themselves. It's like, no, no, no. Like you've got to share. That's why I set this podcast up. Same what you're doing right now. It's yeah. like- We're a free you, service, brother. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how it should be this podcast. People say to me, oh, I can't afford your coaching service, which again, isn't that expensive. But I'm like, okay, cool. My podcast is free. 100%. My Instagram is free. Yeah. I put all the content out there. It's all there. Like, please, like I'm not trying to like profiteer from this. Like, to take it like yeah. it's there like and that's the thing for me it's like when you get amazing people like you on where you're sharing your story yeah, thank you man yeah. it's the same mission it is. you're just saying a completely different thing with, with your spin on it yeah and again we've got a great in your thing. own niche in your own lane exactly. and you found it and that's that, that's one of the hardest things too is finding your niche finding your lane and staying in it sometimes the temptation can be like oh yeah, yeah and you, you know i've got many interests right i'm a dirty leads fan mm. you know i'm a church goer I, I play football i like djing um, you know, I can go all different channels, but I have to hone in and go, right, no, it, it, it's prevent suicide yep. and whatever that takes, let's go. And we have, brother, it's so humbling. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to go again. 621 men we support privately on Facebook. And um, 
we've saved many lives. Mm. Like literally, guys who have been rejected by A and E, NHS. They've gone to the doctor. They've been 15 minutes. Open Pandora's box. Here, have a pill. And then it's like, oh, it's all leaked out. But then it's like, oh, wait, six to eight months for therapy. Yeah. And we're picking up the pieces. Don't mind. Mm. It's it's an honor. But yeah. it's just like, whoa. We don't have. This is frustrating. We don't have quantitative data necessarily, but we know it's like lots. And I mean, thank God it could it to humble me because it could go to your head, right? Mm. And it could be hundreds. It could be hundreds. Right. And. I still think we're sm- we're tiny, we're small, we've got to grow, we've got to reach in. Because there's this really frustrating thing that says, oh, reach out. Here you go, mate, text me, you know where I am. Reach out, and this is good for the ladies. Because I want to say ladies are am- amazing. I'm not having one woman go, what about women? They just get it. They're yeah. so great at it. And I want to say this to women, like, please don't say reach out to a guy. Because he won't. Because mm. it might be too painful for him. He doesn't know how to. He's scared of the pain. He might not feel that he'd be believed. Mm. He might feel judged. He's not. He's simply not ready yet. There's so many. Well, you said so many I don't feel man enough. There's a male. Yeah, yeah. If you're open up to a female, it, you've almost feel demasculinized, especially to your missus. Exactly, and it's like you're meant to be it again. Stereotypically, you're meant to be the alpha. You're meant to be this. Yeah. You're meant to be that. And then you're then showing weakness. And again, for me, as you know. It's not weakness. To, to, to come through this, it gives me goosebumps here, like, to come go on, through what we've on. gone through, that's real strength. Here we go. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, people don't understand that. Like, people want to talk about opening up about mental health. It takes the, it's the single hardest thing you can do to actually be like, I'm not okay. And to actually then have that first step to do that. That's the hardest thing. And that's why it's like you said there, you hit a nail on the head here. When you go to doctors, for example, a good friend of mine now, he went to doctors and he's read Notts County Top. Again, manly man, gets in scraps, the whole other story. Uh, goes to doctors, basically opens up these struggling. And mm. The doctor went, oh, you're not a county fan, that's why. That's what the doctor said to him. And prescribed him some antidepressants. He then came into the gym as at the time. That and basically the, the gym owner was there and he's like, you're right. And he's like, no. And he's like, you need to come chat to Dan. And he actually, I got woke up, I was upstairs napping. The gym owner woke me up and said, you need to come chat to this guy. Wow. And literally could not, he could not look me in the eye. Yep. I literally had a conversation with him and then now the guy's absolutely awesome he's moving to, uh, over to Australia and all that sort of stuff and it's like for me when you talk about how many men's lives you've saved even if it's just one mate which you know it's not just saving one life yeah. that's all it is and when I set this podcast up my whole thing is like if I can just help one person yeah. so you're doing way all more day. than one you know that but just one life because again you then don't know the knock on effect of that because that one person that you've kept alive has now got a kid or whatever it is and then that then carries Shoot, it on man, I'm like, do you know what I've never even thought about it yeah. that way so I mean, it's like you, you, Shoot, what you've done yeah. is you've not just saved one life, you've saved more lives. Yeah, yeah, I've not even thought about it that way. No, that, that is... Or then he takes his wow. life, one of his mates, doing that castless vet. So just saving one yeah. life, you wow. haven't saved one. It's that whole... Forget, mate, it's giving goosebumps there. Yeah, that, yeah. Mate, this, this, is, this is another level of this energy in this room. Um, it's because we're going it, mate, mate, it's, mate, it's unreal. It's honestly like, I don't know if you can hear his listeners, but this is like, it's, it's getting me. This is good. Because it's like that spider web. It's, so you've saved one, but then it yeah. goes down again. Same thing with like, you've, so you've saved more than that. Just think how many that is. That's so, so powerful. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Isn't it humbling? Yeah. And the, but the greatest thing as well that I've, I've learned is like, yes, I've, I, so I get amongst it. I'm like, hey, I do, you know, because I do this all voluntarily. I, I can't, I don't usually like to say what I do. I'm in uniform service, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I do this all off my own back, brother. And, like if it grows and monetizes, so be it. I'm not going to be falsely humble about it and say, oh no, no, no. Like 
but as we say, the, the, the private Facebook group and, and, the, and the YouTube is always free because men deserve to have a free service to, you know, have a place where they can grow, be transformed, be inspired, be equipped in the area of their mental health. Like that's, that's, and then that, and that's the preventative mechanism from the suicide. And th there's so many things we do. There's so many variables. It's honestly, mate, it's so humbling, but just my, my team, I would shout out to them because they, 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 they are wonderful. They're the same. We don't pay them. We, you know, they're there because they want to be there. Mm. Like Steve Rose, Richard Smith, Jack Anderson, Blaine Hancock, like, you know, and then Mark Bellamy and Ian Manning looking to come on board. So we've got a world um, suicide prevention walk on the 10th of September. We're going to Warrington where all these groups around the country are going to walk. It's called the darkness to light walk. And so. Amazing, Mike, you got to put up on the screen for me if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. get to put on the screen we'll, for that, yeah. It's so cool. It's so sick having all these people around the country got the same heart, same passion. Um, I want to invite them on. They don't know this, but I want to fully invite them on our team because of what they bring. Like their heart is so right. They get it. They understand it. And they'll admit they're not perfect, just like me. But they just want to see a movement. Mm. And you know, we've got more. And then, sorry. And then, lastly, and not certainly not least, Ashley Cox, a sort of schoolmate from Lincolnshire. He's out in Australia. He's lived there like ten years. That guy's smashing up the connections he's making with um, brother boys and. Um, even November and even Lab Bible, he's, he's just making some connections right now for us, huge. And we want to get into the bars in Australia, so like the yeah. UK is yeah, massive, yeah, yeah, yeah. massive lad culture bars. So we've got um, beer mats, which, in fact, I've actually got some here for your podcast, brother. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I'm gonna that. gonna get them out on 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 live. So here, here's for your oh, drinks that, in the future. Mate, I love that. So. Yeah, go on the camera there. So literally, I love that. And you got the QR codes. Where's the QR code? Take so, people. Yeah, this is this is the money shot. Oh, so good. When so many intense such situations mm -hmm. like a pop for mental health. Mm -hmm. How do you? How do you like you sneak sneaky in the darkness? How do you get in my DMs? It's like, mm -hmm. how can we get to a, a bloke who's having pints with his mates, or maybe he's snorting a line of coke or something? Mm -hmm. And but yeah, he's freaking struggling. He's got all his baggage. You go, oh have these out you don't have to have t intense conversation and have a cry in the pub you just see that just a little little sneaky like oh men's mental health group all right all right then i'll, I'll give that a go and they scan it and when it, what it comes up it's so sick i'm so grateful for this thing um comes up and then it says struggling question mark and then it gives you the youtube channel and the private chat group on facebook and then um Twitter and Instagram and they can just do what they want from there and they can open up and it, it's, it's 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 like a signpost mm. ultimately so you're basically giving them what, what, what do you need because they might not be ready to go into the Facebook group straight away because that's the thing no, as well no. isn't it it's like so we had this conversation we had an amazing guest on the other day uh, a guy called Jamie B talking about Alcoholics Anonymous <clears throat> absolutely incredible conversation he was talking about when you first go into the group it can be quite intimidating I bet it's like you sort of then be like, um, but he's like, no, no, just come in and just, just sit down and observe. But even then, as makes it's Facebook, isn't it? So you've got your photo on there, you've got all that sort of private information. So again, to, for a man to actually take that step, maybe too much for them. So it's like, right, well, just come look at some of the YouTube stuff. There's, there's I, levels, I, I, yeah. I remember exactly what you said on uh, one of your, um, I think it was on the YouTube intro thing, based on the different levels and prongs of attack you use. And one of them is like, you can just watch us from afar, kind of like what I do with you. It's like, yeah. just, just come and just come, like with the podcast right now, that yeah. I don't know how many people I'm helping. 
And it's just every now and again, people are like, I've been listening to your podcast since it started. It's incredible. I'm like, I don't even know you. And that for me, I'm like, that's incredible. So there's men now that you don't know you're helping because they're not in your close circle, but they're there watching every single episode that you do. It's mad, again, it? from the shadows, just there watching it, but yeah. it's helping because they listen to it on, on the way to work or whatever it is with them in private. So no one knows that they're struggling, but the information's there. And that's what it's all about. Like, so you may not be ready necessarily to open up in a group setting or may not want to basically um, face up to it so people can see your face in yep. it. But okay. Just watch this. It's, it's all there. Like you got the Instagram, you got the YouTube. Just just take what you need. That's what that's what it's about. That's what it's creating is knowing that it's not one size fits all. There's no one way. Like we're just a small group looking to grow, looking to save lives. But we also say to people like, look, if we're, if we're not the answer or you feel like not getting anything, the door will always be open. Like we'll never turn our backs on you. But if if it's not working for you, that's, I say to people, we will make mistakes. Like we'll say stuff or we'll be in a certain way that you don't like and that's okay, but just tell us. Mm. But we'll always be here for you in a, in one way or another. And another thing that's, that's quite sick, I've got mates that I know. This, see, this is the barrier we're trying to break, right? It's talking about the stigma of men's mental health. I've got mates who know me well, know what I've been doing for two years, know how vulnerable I've been like countless times and they've joined the private Facebook group and... They said to me, Rory, I've wanted to share. I've wrote out a message to share on the group and then I've not sent it. I've deleted it, gone back and then another time. And so there's so many blokes that are just at different kind of like checkpoints and that's totally okay. That's what I'm, I want to validate today to men is like, if you're listening and to a woman, if you're just at whatever place you're at, that's okay. Mm. Like just remain, don't don't run away. Just You can just remain there if you have to. Like I said earlier, I, I took a day at a time. There's, you know, there was days where I had different strengths of like suicidal thoughts, but just to, just to acknowledge, to be where you are is is one of the most powerful things. Mm. Um, I've got a model I need to trademark actually. It's called ACT, um, ACT, and I, I really believe in this model. And I need to kind of big it up more. So A is to acknowledge, right? Like we talked about earlier, the one of the hardest things to do is to admit and acknowledge where you're at, and if you can't do that, then you're always gonna feel stuck you're gonna you know just be in that dark place and see no way out but mm -hmm. to acknowledge is the hardest thing whether that's going to the doctors messaging or messaging you um message you know calling samaritans on 116123 texting shout whatever it may be like that's quality like the, the hardest bit is that but once you do that it's the c which is to comprehend which is to work out start thinking about it it's all with victor frankel that space that space to think to to work out like what do I need to do? Where where did this come from, right? Where did these dark thoughts come from? Am I doing something right now, or am I around someone because there can be toxic people in our lives? Am I around someone that's really just not good for me? And I'm not talking about being selfish. I'm just talking about being real and accepting the way things are. Can I can I do something different? Do I need to journal this and externalize through writing out my feelings? You know, all those different things is the comprehending and the T is because if you, if you just stay at A and C, you're still kind of stuck in a way. Mm. Nothing changes, right? You, you're just there. You remain. Mm -hmm. And you can ruminate. So rumination is where you overthink things. Yep. So if you're stuck at the C in the ACT, you're thinking over and over all these different things, but it actually doesn't lead to anything. So T is to take action, take ownership. And that's the beautiful fit. Like a lot of people are scared. You're like, Frick, I don't, don't want to try that or join that group or do that. I just say do it scared, right? 
I'd say to you earlier, I, I freaking lapped up on a wine rack. Didn't really know what I was doing. Just do it scared. Mm. I didn't. Make up as you go along. Well, yeah. But that's Who's judging it, right? But, but the thing for me is that when you're struggling that much, yeah. what have you got to lose? Like, what have you got to lose? Like, you're there, you're struggling that much, you're in a bad place. So what if you go on Facebook and it's crap? Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to go on there, it's going to be crap, you're going to leave. Cool. That's, that's the area we live in now. Everyone's judging. Everything's instant. Everyone's watching. It's all online. And so it like almost becomes a competition or a game where we're either comparing to ourselves or we're comparing to everyone online. Mm-hmm. And that's why as great as social media is, and I love it, especially Twitter. I mm. love Twitter. Um, we have a, a, a trend, especially amongst young people, since 08 onwards, where depression anxiety and suicide has started to increase since the introduction of social media Mm -hmm. and it's because we're doing all these comparison things and i'm sure some of the women listening must be way harder for women Mm -hmm. i know i see like absolute jack blokes there's some unreal men on online that i'm like flipping out that's class Mm -hmm. good on you but women it must be so much harder like and there's a woman i love online sorry i'm I'm going a bit of a tangent Mm -hmm. kim french you might have heard of her kim french is brilliant She's gone on a massive journey, but she shows like all of her roles. Oh, and I've her seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what yeah, name yeah. was, but I know exactly all who you mean. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need more of. Just yeah, she, you know, I can say this like she's unreal. She's well fit. She's got a great body, but she shows those bits that you don't really see too. Mm. And I think we need that more. And that again, it's th- th- what we're doing is we're we're running around an elephant in the room right now, which is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the key element that I want to really drive home to your viewers. Is it's vulnerability? Mm-hmm. You said you said, "Oh, it's seen as weakness." Mm. It, it's the most powerful thing in the world is to be vulnerable. It's being vulnerable with the right intention behind it, because you get people on the other flip side of this that they're vulnerable, stuck in the victim. You know, it's about the rumination. Mm. They're vulnerable, but they're stuck in the victim mindset. So oh, my whole thing good. is, I yeah. think, I think, think, thing for you as well that you're very big believer with me is taking action. It's get yourself out of that victim mindset and take the power back. Because again, like I said, we all sort of happen to you. All stuff that happened to you, you had every single right to sit there and be like, this isn't fair. Yeah, it was Where valid. is me? Yeah. And, and again, completely yeah. 100% valid. And no one would have said, mate, sort yourself out like you've been pathetic. No, no one would have said that to you. But what you were doing was you were giving your power to external things. So after that period of grieving where the time was right, and again, the universe will show you that this is the right time now, you then take back your power. You take back your power and then you use that same, it's the same energy. The same energy to sit there and grieve is to actually create something. So basically you're turning that loss and creating it into something amazing. And you give that same energy into it and then you're basically helping save lives. It's that transfer of energy. That's all it is. And people don't realize that. Again, goosebumps again. So it's the same with this. It's, It's for me, it's like... You've got a choice. And for me, I think when it comes to social media, again, I love social media. I, I completely agree. It's, there's so much good there. Mm-hmm. But the problem is there's also so much negativity. And I think the negativity massively outweighs the positivity because the kids nowadays at such a young age are bombarded with mm. such fakeness. I used to use social media as a smoke screen for my depression. Turns at my lowest, that was when I was posting the most pictures of me modeling. Ah, interesting, right? I was using the smoke screen because yeah. I didn't want people to know how much I was struggling. I wanted people to think my life was amazing. Mm. So I basically post all these modeling photos, all this, all that, like me training hard in the gym. But deep down, I didn't want to be here. But wow. I was just using the smoke screens and no one knew. And that's the mo- But then people would look at that and be like, oh, I'd love to be like Dan. Look at his life. No idea. It's miserable. It's like no idea how miserable I was. I had six-pack abs. I was shredded. Doing what? Miserable. Absolutely miserable. And that's the thing for me, social media, is you're not seeing the, the, the truth and that's what he said there people need to be a little bit more authentic and vulnerable about their, their stuff like so that, that woman there she's that, 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 that Kim woman you mentioned yeah clearly got an amazing body awesome 
But then what then happens is as men or as women, roles reversed. Yeah. So women six pack abs all shredded. Women then look at their, their boyfriend and be like, why don't you look like that? But actually if that same guy then showed his stomach after he'd smashed three pizzas and the lights weren't on and realized that he didn't look like that all the time, then they look at their partner and like, oh yeah, just normal. It's a human body 100%. that we all have. That we're not perfect. I think I've talked about mental health or anything like that. You've mentioned it before. Like you're not perfect. I'm not no. perfect. No one is perfect. And that's also, I think, sometimes on social media where people can portray themselves as this perfect, I'm amazing. Let me just like preach to you. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it's about. Like, I'm not preaching. I never preach. You're not preaching. It's just like, we're both guys. have gone through some stuff. That's Here's right. how we've dealt with it. Here's some information. Hopefully it helps you. If it doesn't, then hopefully it sparks something yeah. that leads down other paths. So for me, I love it when people say, oh, your podcast led me onto these other podcasts. Awesome. Oh, that's, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's I, mean. like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you get the information from me. Yeah. I don't care if you get it from Mikey. I don't care who you get the information from. Just get the information so that you can empower yourself because that's what it's all about, the empowerment. I think so many people feel disempowered. Mm-hmm. So all we're trying to do now is just empower people. So you mentioned some great things here. So uh, three things I, 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 so, so, so what do you need that's a great thing to ask yourself like, yeah. what do you need we never ask ourselves because we know the answers we just don't want to ask ourselves the right questions and then mm. um, like where, where can I get that like where are we currently at and the fun thing is like, the, the triggers what's triggering you and once you understand this information at the end you're empowering yourself you then got information right what are you then going to do with that information I think that's the key thing there. what are you going to do with that information um, I was having the point of that I can't remember what it was do you have some say on that? I do sometimes. My brain's gone. My brain's gone. You know what's really cool is that you and I, in terms of what we're building, can be perceived as so different in its shell, like looking at its packaging per se. But you know what's beautiful is we're having this chat. It's so sick. We're going so deep, and what we're finding at the core, the roots of what it what it is, is that it's very similar, mm-hmm. very similar, mm-hmm. and I, it's so sick to be in this room having a chat with you like before today pretty much a stranger right and yet we can connect in this way and see what the heck it will do for someone's life because we get and it I think that's so cool this thing for me I say to people once you understand mental health and mindset stuff once you get it that is you get it how you package it can be whatever yeah yeah but it is it whether you like it or not and this is it like what we're yeah. talking about is it so it's like it's the same thing yeah and anyone else that truly gets it at its core, it is the same thing because it is what it is. You can package it however you want. You can charge however much you want for it, but it is it. And once you get it, it's you understand that. it. And that's the thing for me. It's like, that's, that's fundamentally what it is. And this is what my passion was. And once I figured out what it was, I was like, well, why is no one talking about this? And it is essentially just taking ownership and actually realizing you're in control. Mm-hmm. Like again, you're, you're, again, let's go down this route. Like you believe in God, I believe in spirit. It's all yeah. the same thing. And yeah, again, yeah. if he's in all places and all things at all times, then he's in us right now. So you have the power to completely control your life. We don't realize, we don't think about that. And that's the thing for me, I think that with social media and other stuff nowadays, like we're, we're focused on external things to help us and save us. Mm-hmm. And what I say to people is no one's coming on a white horse to save you. You've got to save yourself. And, oh, you, oh, can, yeah. so and look, you can save yourself. And that's what we don't realize. We don't think we can, huge. but we can. That's huge. Like, I believe, like, as I said earlier, I believe in God. Like, Jesus is actually my Lord, my savior. But, what he says about me, that he loves me, and that I'm more than an overcomer. Like, if I don't believe that, and I don't renew my mind and make those declarations, another thing is declarations are very powerful. What you say over yourself is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like our words are life and death, literally. And, and it will become your reality. If you keep saying something long enough, 
it also says as a man thinketh, so he is. He keeps saying and thinking it. You, you, you will be that. Mm-hmm. It will manifest. You know, it's kind of like you are who you associate with. You are. You will become those people you surround yourself with, right? You've got two amazing people in this room helping you out. But you've got. I can see your connection, like that you've got going on. Your vibe's sick, like because you you associate one of them. You spent quality time, so you become something. And I just think that's massive. Like if we if we don't realize the power that we have in in our heads and in, in our hearts, like, they, they, you know, I don't want to go too spiritual, but, you know, there's good and evil in the world. That's right and wrong. And there's there's something out there that wants to sabotage your life and take control of it and destroy it. Whereas there's, there's a good force out there which wants you to prosper, wants you blessed, wants you to fulfill your potential. And, and not only that, this is a big word, destiny. What you're, what you have been put on this planet to do? Because I tell you what, there's a lot of people who are dead now that they didn't fulfil their destiny. I should be one of those. I should, I, I should be a stat. But goodness, I'm, I'm walking this out, man. It's, it's, it's so good, and I want, I want people to hear that. Like, you have a destiny, and if you, if you're listening today, you've made it far enough to show how strong you are, that you are a warrior, that you are an overcomer, and you're here listening to this for a reason. So go and fly and become that man or woman that you are destined to be. Who's saying that to you each day? What I've just said. So then we're, therefore we have to say it over ourselves. We have to save ourselves. And we tell people that. Because there's a thing called savior complex. I know, yeah, you, yeah. So I want to say it to you viewers anyway. Like, I have to be careful in the love and the passion I have to support people, not to make it almost about me accidentally, where I'm like really trying to like rescue them. It's like, no, we've got to unconditionally love them, provide really good listening ears, validate how they feel. But ultimately, we have to empower them to, to help them to get back up. Mm. Like we can hold them, but they, they have to also hold themselves up if you get me. Mm-hmm. Like I ran a marathon. I, f- I flopped at mile 24 and my body just switched off. I was running eight minute flats. I was running for a three and a half hour for Alopecia UK for my, my stepsister. And literally, I could not lift my body up. I had people, but I, I, there's something in me I had to dig deep to say, I am going to finish this race. And I did. Miraculously, my body shut off. And they stuck a freaking thermometer my bum hole. <laughs> Mate, it was mad. <laughs> like, it was the most surreal moment. Thankfully, it didn't, or else it would have become more, even more surreal. But, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I had to save myself. Like, my missus was helping me all, like, feeding me brownie, and, like, my colour came back and everything. But I had to save myself. I had to use something. And actually, you know what was really cool? It was pity that fired me up to get back up. The woman went, oh, you can have a medal and a T-shirt. You've come so far. You're only two miles out. I was like, I'm not having that. Mm. So, so I got back. I had to get back up. One of my favorite scriptures, it says, a righteous man or woman may fall seven times, but he or she gets back up. Mm. That's it. Mm. We, we, we're just using our resources, whether it's you guys at Prime Life Project or Enlighten the Shadows, whoever, like, it's just learning that we've got each other's back, but also we. Lee Wood, a boxer from Nottingham, has that song, Something Inside So Strong. Yeah, yeah. It's that, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to look deep within and just just find it. It's there. It is, it is, it, it is, it is there. there. It's there. And no matter how hard right it now, is, it's it, there. Yeah, and that's it. It's almost, <laughs> um, for me, again, it says in the Bible, we can't serve two masters. 
and that's the thing for me. So, see, man, boy, stuff, boy, you, man, man. <laughs> you went, you went to seminary school, didn't so, you? So, for me, uh, out in Iowa, you didn't so, tell nobody. So, so, so for me, uh, but I've done, I've done this stuff. Like, I was born and raised a Christian, but I never, I never. My, my belief is, like I said, I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm not religious. I, I don't believe in a god, but I believe yeah, in a spiritual thing. Cool. But I love reading the Bible. I genuinely, mm-hmm. I love it because for me, it's got all these nuggets in it. There's so much wisdom in Mate, that. It's unreal. And again, for me, the, the, the Bible is basically a psychological drama of telling you how to literally live your best life. And if you actually look into it, it basically tells you. So, you uh, sure you're not a Christian? <laughs> because, no, because, because, no, because again, <laughs> because right, you read it in the Quran, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's and, and again, again, the reason I've got Buddha in my arm, look at that. It's, so for me, it's like, it's for me, it's not, it's not about just Christianity. I look at all the religions. And as we said, once you get it, you get it. And they all have it. So that's what I'm saying. I look at all of it. So I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh yeah, just this. It's like, no, no, no. Like I look back at it because again, what was, was, um, was Jesus? He was a Jew. So again, look at Judaism. So all this sort of stuff I'm looking into, it's like, it's not just about Christianity. It's like, yeah, I, I like to look at all of it and whatever people believe. It's like, well, what do they believe and why do they believe it in? But again, the fundamental thing is, it starts with you. It's all within it, yourself it and you have to believe it. So like I said, you can't serve two masters. So for me, it's just understanding that this old version of you, you have to let it die and be reborn as this new version of you. So essentially, like you have to, this old version of you that has got you miserable, that you, you didn't like, or something's happened, you have to let that go. It's a rebirth. Yeah, you have to let that go and basically just find this version of you because it is in there and you have got the strength. And like you said, there's people out there to support you. That's an old saying, you, can't, uh, you can take a horse to water, you can't make it drink. We can't make it drink. But if you, are, if you are thirsty, if you are thirsty for help, if you're thirsty to save yourself, I promise you there's people there that will literally grab you by the scruff of the neck and drag you to that water. All day long. But you have to drink it. And that's the thing that I say, like, especially as men, listen, again, we say this women, women as well, yes, but women yeah. tend to be a little bit more open about talking about it. But for men, just reach out. Just reach out because there is people again, amazing people, and we're reaching in. Yeah, right now we're <laughs> reaching in, doing this exactly. So there's amazing people out there like Rory. Again, but so all the links, you, all the links that um, that the Mike's going to put up, like just just reach out to Rory and, and the team. Like there's the stuff out there. Like we want to help. It's what it's all about. Because I said just, just people's not just men supporting men, but people supporting people. Because like That's I said right. the world we live in is very very toxic, and like, I believe it's by design. But it's another podcast in and of itself. So but understand <laughs> there is good people out there that actually yeah. do want to help you. No, so just is. please reach out. Is there a final message that you want to give to someone right now that's feeling stuck and out of control? That's a really good question. As I said earlier about being where you are and where you're at, it's all right. It's all right to be where you are right now. Yeah. Stop being so hard on yourself. Yeah, stop being so hard on yourself. You are loved and you are beautiful inside and out. The world is hard enough as it is. You don't need to make it harder against yourself. Um, Take another minute. Take another minute where you're at. And you're going to find the light. 100%. I love you. And, you know, reach reach into us like we're reaching into you. um, And keep yourself safe. That's the most important thing. And if it means you need to walk somewhere now, do it. Mm. That's what I'd say. Love that. Yeah. Mate, where can people find out more about yourself and what you're doing? Yeah, so um, we do have a website which Ashley Cox built and he's done a sick job in <laughs> it. And we always forget to like big it up. But so we're www.enlightentheshadows.org. Um, our social, so the same handle, at enlightentheSH1. Now, interestingly, before we go... Instagram got hacked 
and my personal Instagram and my personal Facebook. Now talk about a tough time again with my cruciate mm. injury. So I almost had a 2.0 battle for, you know, losing my mind almost. But yeah, someone hacked my account, brother. I was fuming. I managed to get two back, but we still haven't got Enlightens back. So if you go on Enlightens Insta, if it's a little bit behind slightly, well, that's why we got hacked. We're trying to work out still. It's yeah, yeah. tough. Um, Twitter, we're popping off. Love Twitter. Um, yeah. Is it the same handle on Twitter as well? Yes. Yeah. At Enlightened, the SH1. And the YouTube channel, literally. Thank God we've grown so much so I can just go type in in Line of Shadows and that's the logo.